The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The following podcast contains explicit language. Peter, you said something that night and you inferred that she chose or was choosing a ring and a proposal over happiness. That was a mistake made out of emotion. Saying that not being in a life with me would be you settling for a life of mediocrity and I don't believe that. And you did say that. I did say that and I, yes. I am so sorry. Yeah, I'm, right, not, guys, I'm not living I'm actually going to hold life. you right there. I'm living my best life. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break. You guys stay here. We're going to come back. Hey y'all, this is Vera Lynn, producer at Slate. And this is Robin Crunk Feminist. And this is Represent Rose, a four-part series recapping The Bachelorette, hosted by us, two black women who now can say that we've watched a whole season of The Bachelorette for the first time. Welcome to part four, our final edition. Kind of kind of bummed about that. Yeah. Today we're going to be discussing how Lee and Kenny became the scapegoats for dealing with race this season. Then we're going to share our thoughts on the far too long three-hour finale. And finally, we are going to decide if we are going to give this season of The Bachelorette a represent Rose. How does that sound, Robin? That sounds excellent. Okay, well, let's just jump into it. Um, so I think I should just go ahead and give the little asterisk that I totally took one for the team this morning. I woke up at 6 a.m. to watch all three hours of The Bachelorette. <laughs> that could have been an hour and it, 30 minutes. It really could have. <laughs> I was I was like, wait. Cause you, but you had warned me. <laughs> I, I got did. Jacked, and I was just because like, I, hopped on, I hopped on social media last night. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to live tweet. And I was terrible at it. Uh, I think I may have sent three tweets, but I did retweet some yay. things. Yeah. Yeah, it was dope. It was, you know, I got my little feet wet. Or I'm so sad I couldn't be tweeting with you. I, um, I also produced another show called Family Ghost. And so I was actually in Michigan doing some reporting for that show and yeah. I didn't realize that our flight back was going to be smack dab in the middle of The Bachelorette so um, I knew I was going to be missing it and I was really sad about that. And I guess the question is what did you miss or did you miss a whole <laughs> lot? This was, yeah. And, this, and this, well, this was an anticipated season finale because last week they had the Men Tell All reunion yes. special, um, which I, which I, you know, wasn't really looking forward to, but then kind of found to be somewhat enlightening, somewhat interesting. And in case anyone hasn't ever watched The Bachelorette or doesn't know exactly what we mean when we say Men Tell All, that's kind of like like if you watch um, Love and Hip Hop or um, Real Life, um, Real Housewives of Atlanta, it's like the reunion episodes um, where like everyone that was kicked off comes on and basically you know, address the shady things that they said in confessionals or, you know, things that they lied about or really, you know, at a point Rachel comes out and it's about Rachel facing these these men that she kicked off so again getting to like how this season um dealt with race and how lee and kenny kind of you know was smack dab in the middle of all that 
but not actually um, a tool for talking <laughs> about right. actual race. And I think it felt like the the reunion was their attempt to finally reckon with some of those issues, and they failed. But I appreciated that the black men and the men of color re- finally spoke up. Yes. Why did you come on a show where the bachelorette was an African-American woman, right? If, on the other hand, you're tweeting about black people and groups of black people who fought and died so I can be on the stage next to you. People came before me so that I can go to the same school like you, so I could drink from the fountain like you. Mm -hmm. And if you're comparing them to the KKK, people who hung my ancestors, why are you trying to date a woman who looks like me? It's almost like they looked back at themselves in those episodes and was like, listen, I should have called this. I should have called him at. So yeah. let me do that now. Well, what was interesting is that they were actually saying that, you know, what was being portrayed, or like what he was saying in his um, like interviews with to, to the producers was not how they thought their relationship was side by side, you know, when they were like interacting with him. Right. Like Demario, who was cut early because of his all you know, drama. Yeah. Um, he he yeah. said, you know, he was actually surprised because he said before he got, he left early in the, in the process and he said they were cool. Um, so I'm one, I, it made me wonder like what happened to ramp him up. Um, I think who, I, was it Josiah? Somebody said it was that he felt like, you know, he was way over his head. He was around. That was Kenny, men. actually. Oh, that was that Kenny. Kenny, okay. Kenny that, that said that. I was disappointed when Kenny said that because, again, it was like um, get, putting, letting him off the hook. Like, mm. oh, well, he didn't mean it. This really wasn't a race thing. It was definitely a race thing. And I think it was I think that all along it wasn't that Lee was ever particularly tolerant of black men he was just tolerant of particular black men mm-hmm. and that and we see that all that's not that's not exceptional that's just um the new racism where mm-hmm. if i voted for obama i can't be racist or i like these exceptional black men so i can't be racist and of course you can and of course he was but he wasn't able to hold it together with certain black men so when you think about the people that 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 lee targeted versus the ones he didn't you had kenny and eric Mm-hmm. Those were the two that he framed as aggressive. Yeah. And those were the two that were not, you know, that were not lawyers or, you know, think about the vocation and the, you know, um, the demeanor of the other black men in the house. They were different, you know, yeah. less stereotypically black male. And I think that Lee, his racism was triggered yeah. by black men being black men and black men calling his ass out because those other ones were also like when you think about Josiah, who did kind of call him out later. Think about Anthony and mm-hmm. um, 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 Will. Will and Will. Yeah, yeah, Will is the one that he was having. You know, like they were being they were making space for his bullshit. Mm-hmm. And those other men weren't. Yeah. So, of course, he was going to get along with the up with, you know, with the black men that were making space for him. And making space for his arrogance and bigotry the same way that racist white men do every damn day. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what they do. We, you know, we encounter them all the time. All of them aren't out here with the T-shirt on. It's also the, um, you know, it's two things. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the subtle bigotry of low expectations, which is to quote yes. Obama. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then also it's the um, like not them not 
them being white people, which is probably a weird thing to say, not some white people not really interacting with black people at all. Um, a guy was just in Michigan and they had the supermarket in the area that I was staying in. And it was like one of those supermarkets that had like fresh produce, um, cheese, somebody was making cheese in the corner. Somebody was like grinding the coffee beans or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. And so I walked in there and I wanted to get my little cold brew. And the the guy was almost, I don't want to say he was afraid of me, but he was like startled by my presence there. Because it was like, uh-huh. you know, it was a town with, like, not a lot of black people. I mean, we were there for four days. Like, I could literally count the number of black people that I saw the whole time I was there. And and it was interesting because I was trying to explain it to my uh, my my colleague who was with me, who's a white woman, like, what, like what I was feeling in that moment. Yeah. It was just a moment of, like, you know, it wasn't that he was treating me wrong or, like, being any kind of bias towards me. It was just more just, like, a... I have to be on alert. I don't know what she's going to do. I I don't yeah. know. You know, and I think like... And that's a microaggression, right? Those yes. are racial micro and macro aggressions that we experience every day. So it's like somebody doesn't have to call you an N-word yeah. for you to know, you know, for you to sense it, sense that tension. So it's like the low expectations, but also expectations to be the stereotype, right? And so like to your right. point, you know, the the men that were conscious of the stereotype and, and maybe actively fighting against it right by t- yes. by <laughs> talking through things with him and then the yes. ones that just weren't here for it and i don't understand why not being here for it means that you're um like to use the word that he was constantly using you're aggressive aggressive yeah and so you know his enlightened exceptionalism is not exceptional at all and it's and it's still racism so but even within the mental oh one thing i will say that i i enjoyed seeing was Lee being pushed to acknowledge what he what he is or what he you know mm-hmm. what he like he didn't go there um he uh, he didn't he he kept saying what did he keep saying he kept saying um you know I my need to action. learn more yeah I need to be a better friend yes and then once he was pushed he said I condemn what I did I didn't Okay, so here's my reaction to that, to that pushing. I think that the confrontation was real, and I appreciated that. And I feel like it did force—it um, forced Lee to name what he was doing. So even yes. if he didn't claim that—he didn't um, say, I identify as a racist, he would—he did concede that the things he did were racist. Yes. That was huge. That's, but yeah. the thing that I found problematic about the, the entire setup that ABC did with that was that it— essentially humanized a racist. It humanized um, Lee, Mm. you know, because it gave him space to, because he was so fucking deferential. You know, he was just like, you know, like he, he just took everything that they kind of threw at him. Yeah. And so like you were saying, so it's almost like the, the bar was set so low (laughs) that his, he was so he had been so offensive during the season that any shred of deference was humanizing for him. Any shred of being sorry and apologetic because he was so unapologetic in his confessionals throughout the season, you know, mm. where he enjoyed what he was doing. So the fact that he actually was, quote unquote, shaking in his boots humanized him. And I have a problem with racism being humanized. Mm. I, you know, I I feel like there could have and should have been more in terms of thinking about how and why racism is particularly the type of racism that Lee exhibited is is so dangerous. And I think that Anthony's point 
Anthony's um, comments about um, invisible racism did mm-hmm. that. But they but then we went back to uh, Lee instead of because Lee said something that pissed me off after that. So Anthony was like, because Lee, I understand where you're coming from, but I feel like you haven't acknowledged exactly what you're we're trying to forgive you for. And I think you're just saying I've been a bad person, but you're not acknowledging mm. the kind of invisible racism in your mind. You may not be doing it intentionally. But I think you are is still motivating your actions. The racism that is ingrained in your behavior to the point of invisibility is still pushing you to behave in a certain way towards Kenny, towards Eric, towards me in a way that you don't even recognize. So are your th- actions motivated by racist thoughts that are implicitly embedded in your mentality? And what was Lee's response to that? Well, Anthony, you've always been well-spoken <laughs> for everybody in the house. I feel you're that- so well-spoken. Hmm. the fuck you know yeah. what i'm saying so that's just implying that you know you've yeah. always been really well spoken anthony yeah. like because yeah. black people usually aren't you know yeah. what i'm saying like that was yeah. the, that was a subtext of that yeah. so even in that even Yo. in that he was doing yes. some racist shit yes it reminded me of um you know auntie maxine and she was just like i know she's like reclaiming my time i know yes. i'm wonderful i don't need you i don't need you to sit here and be like and patronize my... me and tell me mm-hmm. how great I am. I know all that. Can you please just answer my just question? Just answer the question. Right. Just, just, right. Exactly. You oh know? my gosh. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and, that, and that's something we've all experienced where you're just like, I think it shows up a lot in sexism as well. Like I feel uh, like yes. I've, I've seen, I felt that so many times where I'll say something and like, instead of just listening to the, the absolutely correct point I just made, it's like, you know, you know, Verilyn, you know, you just always are on top of things or you just, you know, the fact that you came up with that is just so great. And I was just like, yo, but can we just can we just do what I just said? Or can like, yeah, exactly. what do you think about what I just said, though? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I don't need you to be in awe of me. I know I'm, I'm I know I'm, I'm great and I'm wonderful. Like, exactly. you know, so similarly, you know, instead of him actually. And, and OK, so how could ABC have even within that men tell all? Um, episode dealt with race better or like had a better well, I conversation. Think they needed a, I think they needed a moderator, mm. you know, th- that actually knows about these things because yeah. they were putting a lot of the onus on the black men to do that. And yeah. there was a way in which the black men had to engage in that context where they had to stay in their lane. They had to stay in a particular box because anything outside of that would be read yeah. as aggression yeah. or stereotypical black masculinity. So yeah. they had the responsibility of representing their race and themselves in a particular way, calling Lee out, but not calling Lee out too much as to not make the white viewers uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, using the term racism and kind of making sure that that was put out there and explaining it. That's too, they shouldn't have had to do all of all that. All that, yeah. You know, so I think that that ABC should have had someone there who actually could break it down, not necessarily in a in a, you know, like a counseling session, but that could call out what 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 that what it was that Lee was doing, how that mm-hmm. happens every day without requiring the men to do it. Then the men could still confront Lee, but not have to try to confront and teach and reconcile yeah. and forgive within <laughs> a, you know, within yes. a two two segments, you know, and I feel like that's what they were expected to do. And that's what we as an audience were expected to do. We're expected to. OK, these things were these things were egregious that Lee did and said, but Lee is not a bad person mm. and he didn't really mean it. And he just didn't know any better. So let's just forgive him and or say that it really wasn't even about race. It's just that Lee is an asshole, yeah. you know, which is kind of where Kenny was going with it. And I'm like. Kenny, what now? Yeah, yeah. This is very much about race. So it's almost like you had half of the men wanting 
wanting um, Lee accountable, the other half saying, but he's really not a bad person. And then Lee just cowering in the corner like, I'm so sorry, I should have been a better friend. Ugh. It was bullshit. It was bullshit. And, and you know, and, and so it should it could have and should have gone much better than that um, in terms of discussions of, of uh, racism and the the unique ways it touches the lives of black men. Hmm. The labor that I think I was doing as a as a viewer is I was thinking about, you know, the white viewers that are watching this and maybe seeing themselves in Lee and seeing how because it was really painful to and watch him. feeling sorry for him. Yeah, yeah feeling sorry it for was him. So, I could see there being so much empathy. And like if I had not watched the whole season and had just watched that episode, I would have felt sorry for Lee. It's like, oh, you poor thing. You were just you just don't know how to interact with black people. But Mm -hmm. that's not what we were. No, that's not what we were dealing with. This is this is a person who knows they have issues with people of color and put (laughs) themselves in a situation to be around a majority people of color. Who asked him, like, did you know why would you come on a season where the bachelorette was going to be a black woman? That was Josiah. I was here for who, Josiah. Guys. Yeah, who actually wanted to come and sit. You yes. know, because someone was like, oh, he's scared. Can I come up here and sit next to him? And yeah. I was like, yes, Josiah. Give it to him. It's but like, yeah, you know that, that, that kid in the, in, the, in the playground that's like about to fight and like he just like sits there. He sits next to you. He's looking straight ahead and you looking at him and he's like, yo, but why would you? And any word. <laughs> like, that's how I felt Josiah was coming at him. But again, yeah. like not in a, I feel like he couldn't actually clap his hands because then that would have been too much for them. That Right. <laughs> And it wasn't threatening at all, but it yeah. was. It was just like, Matter I don't of fact, understand. Like, Help me understand. Yeah. You know, you know what you wrote. You know how you feel. Like, I'm just like, don't you know how you feel? You know, you're afraid in this moment. You know, whatever it is. Sometimes it's like, yeah. you know, like I've had conversations with my male friends about this when it comes to sexism, you know, because I think like there's a lot of things that happen just like unconsciously that I'm like, but that moment when, you know, you saw, uh, um, you know, you saw your boy about to call, cat call this girl. Like, like what's going on in your body in that moment? Right. Like, like that's. I guess that's what I'm curious about. Like when, you know, when you coming on a show where she's going, you know, the woman that you're saying that you're you're trying to be in love with is a black woman, and you know you have these biases, or you know that you're, you know, maybe you don't know that you're a racist, but like you know that there are things that you have put out that people would consider racist. Maybe like what what goes on in your body is my question. So everybody right. listening to this, listen to yeah. this <laughs> inquiring like, minds. Like, inquir- would like to know. Like, I really want to know. Well, I know there are some people that are listening to this that are just like, I can't believe you guys have been talking for however long we've been talking and we have not even talked about who she ultimately picked. <laughs> I think right. that, yeah, I yeah. think we're going to we're going to get there. I mean, I know there are some people, a lot of people have been um, t- telling us that they're listening and that they like the show. And I have a, quite a few people that said, like, I don't even watch the show. I just literally tune in to, to listen to this. So, you know, we're going <laughs> to we're going to keep you in suspense for a little bit longer. For a little a bit longer. You probably yeah. could just Google and find out right now. Yeah, I'm sure everybody knows by now. <laughs> by the time this hits, everybody knows. Um, so um, the next episode, which was last night's episode, yes. um, is the finale. And it's three hours. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so can I say that one of the t- one of the three tweets I put out 
was about how this shit was long. So I was like, you know, so ABC is milking the fuck out of this. Oh my God. Why is it still, why is it still on? Cause I really kind of tapped out at a certain point. Like I just didn't even give a damn anymore. I didn't care who won. I just didn't care. <laughs> I was so confused. Cause, well, cause okay. So, okay. So the first, um, maybe 30 minutes or an hour. I don't even know. Um, it's her kind of finishing off where, where she left off. So at the end of episode nine, they leave us on a cliffhanger and Rachel and Peter are in the midst of this heated argument over, not her argument, but like this conversation around him not knowing whether he's going to be able to propose to Rachel at the end of this. Right. Uh, and they come back um, this episode and there's still at a standstill. They still haven't quite um, come to a middle ground, but she still goes ahead and gives him that, that card that says that we're going to shack up for the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to spend the night. Yeah. We're going to spend the night. Um, and, um, and one interesting thing that did come out out of, cause um, Rachel, even though they were doing the finale, when they were they were showing the pre recorded stuff, Rachel was actually also there, and so the the audience was watching her watch herself, which was very weird. Um, yes, <laughs> very very weird. Um, very but when, meta. It was very, very meta. meta. Yes, that's that's a that's a better word. And one of the interesting things that she said was, I feel like she subtly let us know that they weren't all like she was trying to separate it from just like shacking up or like just having sex. Um, she was just like, yeah, I'm you know the lawyering came out and um, you know I had all these questions. You know I made sure I was asking about social security and and the um, FICO <laughs> score and I was just like, girl, you know you wasn't in there talking about no FICO. <laughs> Stop it. I mean, come on. You know? I mean, I need you to cut it out right now. Uh-huh. I kind of wish, because she's been hot and heavy with Peter since, like, that hot tub scene early on. Yes, so, and, 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 and she got tongued down by Brian the first yes. night. Yes. So, you know, to think they were in there praying and, um, and, and talking about <laughs> bonds and shit is unbelievable. The five-year plan. Like, no. Right. No, like, yeah, no. Anybody. That, no, that no, was no, not. No. no. <laughs> so, yeah, so then she... she she um she has her night with Peter, but they they never come to a common ground, which I thought was very very interesting. And to me that was to me that was the end of that. And I was you know because I was like if her if her end goal here is to get an engagement, which I which I personally don't think necessarily should be the end goal, mm-hmm. then he's out of the running. Yeah. But and so part of me was like hell yeah, Eric is in there. <laughs> Eric's in there. Eric right? is gonna make it to the right? to the final two, and then Eric got this. So then we get to the rose ceremony, and this heifer does not give Eric a rose. I was heartbroken. I really was. I was because in my mind it should have been Peter and Eric at the very least. It should have been Eric and Brian. Yeah, and and, you know Eric. Yeah, but Peter had already told her, "I can't give you what you want." And can I just say that in the episode last night when Eric came out there all bearded up, praise the Lord, and she she was looking at him like he was a piece of. Yeah, dark chocolate and she had made a mistake because he was like because he was pretty much like yeah I was gonna propose to her if she would have picked me and I was just like see see what I'm saying you know what I'm saying because it's like if that was your if that was your end goal was to get get a proposal why would you pick one of the people who's told you I'm not not gonna propose to you I was so confused by that I was too I was very disappointed and then I was like okay and and I think 
Eric seemed surprised too, and it, so it made him utterly forgettable in the in the last yes. episode. Yeah, because it you know it's like her date with him had been so long ago, and then she just completely. But when we but if you go back and look at that episode, their date was really good. Yeah. They seemed like they were good, and I think that's why he was comfortable that he was he was for sure going forward. But then it just became about her and um, her and Peter. Yeah. So after after she you know kicks off Eric our, to the curb. Dear, yeah, dear departed um, Eric, beloved Eric. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> she's down to Peter and Brian, and then she goes on a date with with. Uh, Peter again, right? Her and well, and, she goes on the on the date with Brian first, so she she okay. has that night with with um, she has the night with Peter where Peter's still not quite sure. They have the rose ceremony, and then she goes on a date with Brian. Yes, and her date with Brian was great, but then Brian felt like you know I feel like there's something wrong. There's a shift here, and that's because she was preoccupied. She was, with, yeah, she was still caught up in yeah. wanting Peter, but Peter not trying to marry her yes. tomorrow. Yeah. So the date with Peter. The date with Peter. Yes. <laughs> Super intense. Very intense. I have so many. Um, I have so many notes from that. Okay, let, let, let's let's hear your notes because I I have thoughts, especially thoughts in retrospect. Well, you know, I feel like she was constantly like the number one thing that she said that like literally took me like it was like um. What is that like a pap- papilloma? What's that word? Response like your body reacts. You you hear something and your um, body papilloman like pap- 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 Pavlov's yes. dogs. Exactly mm-hmm. like that's how I felt when she says, "I just want you to make a choice." That's I just wanted you to make a choice that was definitive, you know. And I was just like, like whatever it was, I just wanted you to say what it was. Um, like it reminded me of like you know that episode of Grey's Anatomy when she was like, "Choose me, love me." Like I think what Rachel wanted was to be chose, and I think like there were so many things. Like she says, um, "You just don't want me. You just don't want me in that way, right?" She's like, "You don't want what I want to do, and I want that's what I want to do. I want it to be forever, and you you like me, but you don't like me in that way. You don't want what I want, like, and just say that." But I feel like he kept saying things like. Well, she said that even though we didn't see it on tape, she was like, oh, you say you want to have a future with me. You want kids. You you're making all these plans, but you're not choosing me like the choice of me comes before the plans of the future that you you say you want with me. And that has literally been every relationship I've ever been in. (laughs) I mean, and I I feel that. And so a couple of things. So first, Rachel was also saying in the in the final episode in retrospect, right, that this was very triggering to her because of her last long distance, um, not long distance, but long term relationship where evidently she, you know, her dude was saying the same thing, like you're you're it for me, but I'm not ready to get married. And so she was kind of projecting some of that onto Peter because real talk, I don't think that Peter was being contradictory at all. I think that he was saying, I can see these things with you, but I want to be sure. Hmm. And while I get that Rachel had some issues around having been in a five-year relationship with someone and them still being at that point, it's not unreasonable to have known somebody for three months and them be at that point. I I have full respect for Peter for not being fake and being like, I I know that you're the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. I'm ready to commit forever. 
because and then he even asked her that I was looking back over it this morning and he even asked her he said can you say that you can can you say you want to be with me forever and then she was like well I can't answer that so I'm like well hell why do you want him how, how do you expect him to be able to answer that and I know part of her not being able to answer it is because I'll give the show away yeah or if I end up end up with Ryan I don't want him feeling some kind of way yes but you you it's like she she understands in some context that this is a this is an odd experience and that this is outside of the realm of reality. So in some cases, she seems to get that. In other cases, she's acting like this is real life. And like the three months that they've known each other is a year. And it's and it's not. So when you suspend that time. But, but ain't Peter the one that had Bachelor in his like high school yearbook? In his high school yearbook. Like, that, yeah, that was a goal. Show. He knows what this kno- is about. Like, he don't does. come on this show acting but, brand new. But I, but I actually, I was texting with one with um, shouts out to Bailey. Um, one of my um, friends that that I talked that I had um, was texting um, during the show about and who has watched the show faithfully mm. since its inception. And so I said, is it unusual? Is it guaranteed that a engagement leads to marriage and or is it required that they be engaged? And he said, no, sometimes they don't get engaged at the end of the mm. season. They just decide to be in a relationship. And he said, and out of the 30 seasons, there may be five people that actually got married and are still together. And I'm like, so, okay, so what is, so he's seen the show. She knows what this is about. So she knows that this is not, this is, is, this is TV. So he's thinking about when the, when the cameras are not there, I still want to be with you and see where we can go with this, but not pretend like we already know we've only known each other a short time. I don't think that's unreasonable. And I was kind of, and I felt some kind of way at the end when, you know, she's sitting on the couch, like, well, well, we're going to, we're, we're going to try to blend our lives together and see what's going to happen. And it's like, well, hell, that's what that's what Peter was talking about all, all along. But you wanted this fake ass proposal <laughs> proposals on TV for a show. That's fake. as he- That's not a real proposal. I don't I mean, OK, so we just let the cat out of the bag. I think we should say it out. Right. Um, so after this huge argument with Peter, they kind of part and break and up the break up and it was it, it was heart-wrenching it was a heart-wrenching yes, breakup because you're like was, wait no 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 don't yeah. you know yeah it was very soap opera one thing she said to me that was like what she thinks she said that stood out to me she was just like you promised me in geneva that you will leave if you weren't ready to propose and he stayed and she said she's like i'm confused on why you're still here like i feel like there you know even i hear what you're saying i do hear what you're saying and i do respect peter for sticking to his guns but i feel like rachel is not stupid I feel like Rachel probably had conversations with Peter that led her to believe that by this point he would be ready. And the fact that he's saying that he's still not ready, it's kind of like when you give someone an ultimatum or like, you know, you make a bluff, right? You, you yeah. When you're negotiating and any kind of salary thing and you're like, you know, this is how much I'm worth. And if they say, no, you're not worth that much. It's your choice. Are you going to take the job or are you going to go? Are you going to leave, right? <laughs> That's real. That's real. <laughs> and I think, like, he called her bluff. You know, he stayed, even though he said he still wasn't ready. And she had to, in that moment, decide, am I going to settle? And I think, you know, as, and of course, I'm, t- I'm speaking as someone that was highly triggered by that conversation. You know, yeah. you, you have to understand, like, are you going to settle for less? In that moment, it's really like, are you going to settle for less? Are you going to settle for what you what you said on the onset that you didn't want? And I kind of really respect Rachel for digging her heels. Yes, I get that. And, th- and someone on Twitter had written that, um, you know, that it's important to choose the person that chooses you. Yes. 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 In regular, in a regular context. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is some bullshit, though, because what does I don't I don't see how marrying 
Brian or being or, or being engaged to Brian when that's not really what she clearly not really what she wanted well, is not settling. Is that not that's settling wanted? too. So it's like he that's who he that's who chose her. But she did she really choose him or is she not just settling for him because Peter didn't want to get engaged? And I'm I want to I want to return to this a year from now and see if they're even still together. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just I, like you know what I think they will be because I there was a moment when so after. Um, you know, we'll get to it. Peter came out. We'll talk about that in a second. But obviously, after they, they um, Brian and, and proposes to her and she says yes, they come out. And um, one thing that she said, you know, I think the host, Chris Harrison, was like, um, you know, well, when did you know? When did you know that Brian was the one? And Rachel was like, you know, it was when I brought him home to my house to my to meet my family. And I saw how I was defending him to my family. And, I, you know, I was calling him my best friend. And, like, that was an aha moment for me because I was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, that remember when that happened, we were like, yo, this dude got to go. And, like, why is she, like, not recognizing that her family is um, on the outside and pointing up valid concerns? And why, you know, her response was a little, I feel like maybe it could have been out of six and it was, like, out of ten. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so. Yeah, you, but I, yeah. I, I, don't, I still call bullshit, though, Marilyn, <laughs> because how is that your best friend you've known how is that your best friend that is he is not your damn best friend i got best friends we've known each other for years and i you know what i'm saying and and no, i just yeah. i hear you that i, I just you. i think that you know, so i and i know i get i feel right now i feel like like the biggest skeptic in the world no, about, I, but then, but I you know you. i was watching the show last night and i was like this whole shit is so fake <laughs> you know like i've been so invested in this shit is so fake because we, so especially when she said that he was my he's my best friend i knew in that moment first of all she had to have a story for that Mm. she had to have a way of redeeming her choice to be engaged to brian when you over here crying your fake lashes off over another dude the (laughs) night before and you're not gonna tell me i honestly believe that if peter was would have enthusiastically proposed to her she would have enthusiastically accepted not not brian brian is just i like he is like everything every time he opens his mouth lord even last (laughs) night when he like i need to propose again i'm like this is so for tv dude and also like that's the the wrong that was the wrong terminology like he should have said um again would you marry me like uh, he said, "Would you would you marry me again?" Would you marry me again? And I'm like, "That's not. Are you married? Like, are you married? Did <laughs> words, y'all elope? Words mean things, <laughs> you know." And I was just like, "Okay." And I think, and and the other thing that was really interesting is that the breakup with Peter was much more passionate, yeah, than the engagement, engagement was to Brian. Yes. So you know, she. Mm. I, so I just don't. I think that. I think that that story she gave to Harrison about. When she knew, I think the re- you know in my mind here was the answer. When did you know when Peter wouldn't marry Peter? <laughs> I knew when Peter was like, "I'm not going to propose to you," because I had to win this game. To me, this show is a game, and the and the prize is an engagement. Is that yeah. big ass yeah. engagement ring? And she wanted her prize. Yeah, she's put everything on hold all this time. She, she literally jumped up and down when she got engaged. Yeah. Ah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Rachel, Lynn, Lindsay, will you be my reina forever? Ah, so pretty, yes. Marry me. <laughs> yes, give it to me. Can we talk about her hair? Her hair in the wind. Um, on the top of the castle, and can we can we talk about her hair in the wind throughout I the season? So I'm like, nervous. okay, come through, come through weaves. Like, <laughs> yes. you know, I do wear a good weave. Yeah, but I was I was confused as to why she didn't have a quote unquote good weave. 
and that's and that's another thing, right? Like this is why I'm skeptical about oh her future God. with Brian. Has Brian seen you sans yeah. weave? Yeah. Has he seen you p- tie your hair down at night? Because I know you won't tie your hair down at night for these overnights, but mm. you know you have to lay that down. And so her hair and the the fake hair and the well, wind she had and the, braids. You know. The last time I checked her Instagram, she was rocking some braids. So okay, now that that maybe that's what she needed to do in all of these. The one thing that I did want to mention from when Peter was um like right before we found out who she actually picked because it was weird because even though we they were saying she broke up with with um, Peter, I was like, well, are they going to bring back Eric? Like, in my mind, I still wasn't 100% sure whether she was going to actually pick Brian. Or if she would want him, because she also said that what happened with Peter had her thinking, am I forcing this? Yeah. And I was like, yes, sis, you are. Don't be engaged to nobody. You know that? In my mind, I'm like, just don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things that Peter said in that breakup was, you know, you know, you should, you know, you can either be with me, you know, or you can have a mediocre life with someone else that you don't actually like. Yes. And someone else is Brian. You can tell Peter hangs out with black people because his shade (laughs) this whole season has been on point. Epic. It's been epic. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then, but then when he came out um, and, and Rachel told him like, I'm not leading a mediocre life. I'm leaving my, I'm living my best life. And she kind of like hair flips and turns around. I was like, okay, she's like look she came ready with her like points she's like yeah. listen this is what I knew I was gonna I was in love with Brian and just so you know I ain't thinking about you boo but nobody believes that though I don't think anybody believes that though like nobody gave a damn when she met when she <laughs> pit, when, you know when they ended up together like people were more responsive when she broke up with Peter than when mm. she actually got engaged and nobody cares you know so it was like yeah. um but because nobody believes her. Like, I don't believe her. So when she's like, I'm living my best life. Are you? Okay. Because, because I, your dude I is phony. Your, your dude is phony. I, I don't even want to believe it. I don't even want to believe it, right? Because it's like, <laughs> this shit is so unreal that it's yeah, like, no, what I, would it mean? Because what, what would it mean? And one of the questions I posed in that initial um, article months ago was what what will it mean for us if she finds love and what will it mean if she doesn't and what i hadn't considered because i had never seen the show before is what what will it mean if she has something that's inauthentic Mm. what what will it mean if she settles for black women right Yeah, yeah and that's what i feel like happened i'm like okay so she you know she wasn't feeling a black dudes okay okay she was feeling one dude kind of feel you know i feel like she had a sexual attraction to brian from the beginning Yes, he was the person that she gave her her first impression rose to. The first impression rose went to Peter, actually. No, no. But I'm, I feel like I'm, that. I'm googling this. Maybe, right or maybe, now. or maybe I'm mixing. No, it she up. gives her first impression rose to Brian. Okay, so because I, I remember, because I remember that was the one. Like I was, I wasn't mad at Brian until um, his home visit, and then he became like really fake to me. Like. Yeah. yeah, like Latin lover. Yes, yes. But um, for the most part, like, I wasn't really, like, I because I knew that she liked him. I knew he was an older guy. And, like, you know, and, and I wasn't mad at him in the beginning. It, it, his he, he, he grew annoying to me <laughs> as we went along. And he just never seemed um, genuine to me from the beginning. He just, oh, it, because, and he, you know, he just fell in love too fast. I don't trust somebody to fall in love that fast. What you mean? And, that, and I don't trust people that, uh that develop best friends in a few weeks. Like, what do you not have friends? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, have you never been infatuated? Like, what, I just don't, I don't believe them. So like, when they're saying, when they're saying these things with such conviction, Hmm. 
I just don't believe them. Like that mm-hmm. just cannot be true. And maybe that it just can't be true in Robin's world. But <laughs> I, I, it just feels I just don't, I don't see them making it. I honestly don't. I don't think they're going to make it. I hope she doesn't get her car. I hope she doesn't get her heart broken. I want them to make it. I want, you know, I want this to actually work for Rachel. I want a moment in which she chooses the person that choo- that chose her. But you don't see but you don't see that as settling though. So choosing the person that chooses you but that you don't choose cuz she didn't get to choose. And I know that black women are usually in a position to where we're trying to get shows. That's like our everyday reality. We're trying to get shows. But at which point you have a show where she, she gets to, where she gets to choose. But what she wanted was to I'm be chosen. No, no, no. What I mean, what she wanted was to be chose. Like she's at a point in her life where you know, and and uh, you know, I, I have five best besties. Like we are best friends. We talk to each other every day. Uh-huh. Three of us are married and have kids. All three uh-huh. of them, like, are not with guys that, that when we were all in our early 20s talking about what we wanted and all. Like, their husbands are nothing like those men, right? And I think they're, I mean, right. you know, and I think that there comes a time where, like, like you, your your definition of what you love, like, what love is to you evolves. Like, you know, whether it's, you know, I have one friend that is it was based on religion and just, like, you know, finding what she felt was her soulmate another friend that was like yo we pregnant and we love each other let's just go ahead and you know there's there's literally every you know you get to a point where you're at a certain age and you kind of see where you are yeah your standards change and what's important to you changes and what you want changes and i think for rachel in this moment she came on the show she knew she wanted to be chose she knew she wanted to be proposed to she knew she was be- opening herself up to be vulnerable and really make a connection with someone that, you know, so that they could fall in love with her. And she felt like she did. And I want that to work out for her. <laughs> I, I wish mean, she could work out with her fight with Eric. But I mean, that's that just because that would have been too much. Like, right. <laughs> if, it, if it was Eric, that would have been just yes. too perfect. But I think that I mean, I hear you. I do. And I understand that idea of um being chosen and, and choosing the same person that is choosing you at the same time. I'm just mm-hmm. not convinced that's what this was. Mm. I'm, you know, and it could have just been the way it was produced and edited, but yeah. it, it, it definitely felt like she would have chose Peter if Peter chose her. So the problem I have is that we have a show where black, where a black woman is the protagonist and she gets to choose. And so throughout the season, she's choosing mm-hmm. who she would want to be with. But at the end of the day, it still comes down to the narrative of the black woman trying to get chose. She went from being courted to begging Peter, essentially begging him to want her. And then he still couldn't commit to the degree that she was comfortable. So she settles for the guy that, you know, that's willing to say and do all of the things that she wants, even mm-hmm. if she doesn't really feel it back or feel it to the extent. But and and there's this other thing. So um, um, Bailey Lovell was telling me last night, he said that, you know, this really doesn't necessarily mean anything. He said, you know, winning the Bachelorette is kind of like winning American Idol. <laughs> you you know, you get a contract, but it doesn't really mean, you know what I'm saying? You get a ring, yeah, but it doesn't yeah. really mean, oh. it doesn't mean you're going to oh, get married. Oh, Ruben studied. Oh, Ruben. <laughs> yes. And I was yes. like, oh my God, that is the perfect yes. analogy. Yeah. So, yeah. Like you may become, you know, Fantasia or even Fantasia, though, fell yeah, off. Yeah, Fantasia had like a moment. But yeah. Kelly Clarkson is Kelly the most Clarkson. famous American yes. Idol. That's just, yeah. You know. Um, well, and Jennifer Hudson, too, 
even though, though she, she didn't, didn't win, win. but yeah. yeah but that put her that's how she got put on yes for sure. yes for sure yes oh so are we giving this show a represent rose and so you text me so the the the, the criteria examples that you text me was under representation discussion of diversity black love and is she an authentic black girl i think rachel was authentically rachel I think that every decision she made, I saw how she, except for Will. I don't. I still don't understand why she cut Will or Anthony. But he was the one that didn't said he never dated a, a black girl. He didn't date. That was Will. Girl. Will oh, was, was the Will. one. Yeah, that was okay. Will. Will is Sorry. the one who. Yes. Um, yeah. So besides why she, she I, I never understood why she cut Anthony when she did. Um, like I never yeah. got that. Besides that, every decision that she made, I understood. I didn't agree with it all the time, but I understood how she got there. You know, even when she kept those last two white guys. That I, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Matt, that we just, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah Whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think the reason that she did that is because she felt like she had to give them a chance. You know, so even when I was like, I don't understand why you're doing, I don't agree with that you did this, but I understand why. Um, so I think she was being her authentic self and she was like, um, she was doing the thing that I was talking about, where it's like, like feeling your body and feeling how you feel and like yeah. and like going with your gut in that way when it comes to romantic love. I feel like, you know, women, I go with my gut in a lot of different areas of my life except when it comes to relationships. Then it's yeah. like, um, uh, you know, maybe this. It's like, no, you know what you feel and your your gut is usually right. Yeah. So in those terms, I would say yes. But when it obviously when it comes to having an actual conversation about race and what, the role that race plays within a relationship, especially an interracial relationship, especially one playing out in national television in America, <laughs> I yeah. would say um, no. <laughs> they mm-hmm. failed on all on all those levels. I I agree. I think that um, I, I I agree that Rachel was a um, authentic black girl. I think she she showed appropriate sass and shade um, mm-hmm. when appropriate, mm-hmm. um, and I think that there was a failure of full engagement of race and racism, despite so many opportunities throughout the season. And that was a disappointment because if, if there was ever, if it was ever going to happen, it would have happened this season and Mm -hmm. it didn't. And I think, and I think that they lose points for inviting a racist. Yeah. On the show. Yeah. I don't know that you can get diversity point, you know, at which point, because you know, um, ABC was um, rightly cr- criticized for using race and racism As a story to bolster, plot. yeah, yeah story plot and to, and to boost ratings, and it and it and it backfired because mm-hmm. they lost viewers. You know, I think the the dips in ratings happened when that was happening because no, you know, it was just too much. You um, so you have a piece coming out um on Slate, a kind of later a follow today. up later yes. on today. Um, I hope this line doesn't get caught. You sent me an early version, so I, I I'm pretty sure this because I, I really <laughs> like in the idea of like how they failed when it comes to particularly black love. Um, you write by having a black bachelorette forwarded the network's investment in colorblind love stories and fairy tale fantasies, it failed to account for the ways that race would com- complicate the existing narrative, including the challenges that interracial couples experience, especially women or black women who date non-black men, and because of the prevalence of anti-black racism. Right. And so I was like, first, I mean, I already told you how much I love your writing because I feel like (laughs) this is so (laughs) reminiscent of like 
just like all the levels like I love when I read something and like any point that I could have made in it <laughs> is already being addressed you know yeah. like it's just like it's like layers and it, it never makes it feel like this thing is like black and white it's like you know this shit is complicated yes and I, and, and I think like that was the tension right and so like fairy tales and fantasy and love like this is what this show was about but like when you introduce race race is this and especially in this country is this ugly thing that so many mm-hmm. Americans don't want to face <laughs> right and so it's a fail I, you know the more I think about it I'm like this is a this complete fail because you can't it almost as if you couldn't you you it's an oxymoron <laughs> right uh-huh. like I, I I think a part of it is like oh wait this would have been like for them to actually have been like to address race actually have addressed race in a substantive way especially once they have a racist on the show would mean that the show is not like they, the fairy tale image is like is deleted like right you know yes I, I agree that it was a fail and for that alone though I could have probably withheld my rose just on some vengeful, why didn't y'all let Eric, <laughs> let Eric be a top yeah. two? Yeah. <laughs> you could have let yeah. him through to the last two or whatever. But um, I know that the storyline as it was, was, I guess, compelling. It was it was a lot for three hours, it but held it was compelling. Attention. Well, it was, I feel like the season in general holding my attention was, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that I was into it. So there's also that. Yeah, I think I was very interested and invested with the exception of the, you know, the the Lee Kenny storyline was exhausting. It was just emotionally exhausting. And I think that they that that I almost feel like they did that on purpose. They they in the way that they made Kenny and Lee the scapegoat was we're going to make we're going to put all of this heavy stuff into this particular storyline so that when they're gone. Then we don't we have don't to have talk to talk about, about, it, about it anymore. Yeah. You know, we don't, it, you know, it's done. Like, that was the, that was race. Yeah. You know, the racist <laughs> and the black man, that was race. Now mm. we can get back to the love story. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that was, you know, just problematic. And this, the other thing that I wanted to say before we wrap up, because I know we're wrapping up and we're way over time, is mm-hmm. that um, I, one of the things that I oftentimes wrestle with when I look at reality television, particularly from an academic lens, when I'm looking at, looking at it, um, you know, giving a race critique to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is whether or not representation is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so particularly for black women, is it enough for a black woman to be there? Is it enough to have some kind of representation, even if it's a problematic representation, right? That, And I think um, we wrestle with that and navigate that when we were watch when we watch like Love and Hip Hop, or yeah, we watch Real yeah. Housewives of Atlanta, when we, used to, when when we watch Basketball Wives. Out, yeah, that was the, always the conversation is like, all right, I'm happy to see black women on television, but now what right. is this, this not like depiction this. doing yeah exactly yeah. does it matter what they're doing does it matter what they're saying does it mm-hmm. matter how they are being engaged i mean i always said i could walk in true gum at the same time right like yeah i can enjoy this a remarkable at, black girl yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i always feel like it doesn't have it doesn't have it's not representing me i want to see it like i don't right. this is the these are the lives of these particular white these particular black women and i i enjoy it it's entertaining to me the same way that like everyone was we used to watch how many seasons of the real world and how many right. um, seasons of um Jersey Shore like there's this you know this oh even when you want to get into the soap operas like this mm-hmm. has been going like and but that doesn't represent all white people because white is the default white, right as a black woman consumer when I'm watching that I can be entertained by it and I am yeah. but when but I also have to be conscious of what 
other people see when they see it. Because I see it and I just see another black girl. Like you said, we we are, you know, we out here and we, mm-hmm. you know, we are um, beautifully unique and different. We have commonalities, but we're not the same. And as a black girl, I know that as a black yeah. girl who knows black girls who, you know, <laughs> run the gamut of ratchet to, you know, bougie. But... At the same time, I know that there are people watching that don't know that. Well, it's over now. No. <laughs> yeah, no. it's over now. So essentially, in terms of this Represent Rose, based on what the Represent podcast does, um, they can't get they can't get my rose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my boot in the air. <laughs> I think I'm going to do the same. I, I can't yeah. I can't give them a Represent Rose. Got to be stingy. Either. We got to be stingy yeah, with that because... Yeah. Although so it's probably going to be like 500 years before we get another Before one. we get an opportunity. But, you know, <laughs> so I think that it's... So we're going to put it in the, in the Beauty and the Beast jar and just hope that <laughs> right. it survives. That it'll be, that it'll still be around. <laughs> yes. But, you know, it's important, I think, that we not just reward effort yes. when it comes to race. And yeah. that you have to do more than just give us a person of color. You have to do more than that. That's the minimum. That's the literal bare minimum. So... Mm-hmm. They can't get a rose for that. Well, since this is the last um, edition of this particular series, I think we should let the people know where to find us. We definitely want people to check out your article coming out. So you all are listening to this on the Wednesday after the finale. So the article is definitely up by now. Yes. So y'all should definitely check that out. Um, and then where can people find you on the on the internets? On the internets. Um, at Crunk Feminist Twitter account. <laughs> That's sometimes me, sometimes my homegirls. Um, Robin Boyle Lauren.com, crunkfeministcollective.com. Holla at me. And my personal Twitter account, which I rarely share, is Verilyn Media, at Verilyn Media. And if you enjoyed this series, let us know if there's another show that you would want. A similar recap series, definitely let us know that too. We're at represent at slate.com. And um, Robin, thank you so much for co-hosting this with me. Um, it's been super fun. I'm super sad that this is... I, if, for no other reason I'm sad this ended, so I'm not going to get these regular talks with you. <laughs> well, you have my number, girl. Okay, you're right. You're right. <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. Of course. Of course. I can't wait for people to um, continue to read your work online. I'm happy. You know, when I was... Um, thinking of someone to do this with and then I saw your piece on Slate I was like yo this woman basically has a PhD in black women on television <laughs> <laughs> yes I was like yo we just be staying ready like black women just stay ready it's like yes, you know that opportunity will come yes they will <laughs> you, come you know and so like I just thank you for being who you are and just like being ready um, because this you know I feel like this whole conversation about diversity in media you know I feel like people just don't try <laughs> Because if yeah. you tried, you will find someone. That's right. <laughs> because Absolutely. we just out here staying ready. Represent is produced by me. Aisha Harris, as y'all know, is our esteemed host. Our social media assistant is Marissa Martinelli. And if you enjoyed this, please let us know. Shoot us an email that I told you before. Our email is represent at slate.com. All right, y'all. Peace out. Peace out.